There was a man waiting at a bus stop in the meadows, and he didn't look too happy. He was wearing a brown suit, unfit to his size, with the pants drooping down in crinkles. His bowler hat was ragged, as if gnawed by wild beasts heard from the forest in the distance. He held a briefcase in his right hand, maroon too, with slight pieces of felt sticking out from the sides. He wasn't really in his best, camped condition, as we can tell from the description. Yet what an unusual situation to be in for the man. The crossroads is a strange place to be at. This is where past, present, and future meet, with a rickety bus stop for a station and the meadows as decoration. He checked his watch, an explorer, a rare and valuable analog that he keeps close to his heart, his only treasure in life. 11.42 a.m. Great, I'm early, he said to himself. I guess I'll just have to wait. Waiting, waiting for life to pass by, doing nothing but waiting. Oh, what a great use of his time. Episode 20 The Crossroads Bunny Welcome to the Tempered Fables. My name is N.T. Clover. Come, sit by the fire. Let me tell you a story. a.m. What's that? The man noticed a little black dot out in the horizon. What was strange about it was that it was bouncing up and down. The man rubbed his eyes to check for dirt, and it was taking a strange shape. The first thing he noticed were the ears, tall, the pear sticking out from the top. The next was the size. This thing wasn't human only up to two feet tall. Is that a bunny? The last was the smile on its face. It wore the brightest smile of its life in this very moment. And we won't see anything less from this interesting animal. Shocking, instead, was the bunny's outfit. A suit, a bowler hat, and a briefcase to match. Maroon, an exact replica of the man's. His was clean and fit to defer, however. His smile was still there. 11.47 a.m. Oh, hello! How are you doing, human? The bunny's voice was loud and bubbly, sticking out in the place where there's nothing but meadows, winds, and trees. The man was still speechless. He never met a bunny that could talk of humans, let alone one in a suit with the personality of a charged battery. Bill's the name and Bunny's the game. Not even a chance to reply. Me? Thanks for asking. <laughs> I woke up and I was thinking to myself, today is the start of the rest of my life. And I'm so happy and grateful I could think of that every day I could jump and touch the sky. 
He was bouncing in glee around the rickety bus stop, a nailed mess of a platform boarded by uneven planks. He bounced on and off the platform, making it shake a bit, scaring the man in his brown loose suit. How am I doing? I've never been better. How about you? The bunny tilted his head, awaiting an answer. It caught the man off guard. I've... I've never been better to... He trailed off, not knowing what else to say except to repeat what he had just heard. The bunny kept staring at him. He was waiting for him to continue. The man had nothing else to say. So, what are you going to do today? Belle broke the silence of a smile. Nothing much, the man replied. Just going to work and then back. This puzzled the little bunny. But where's the fun? This puzzled the man in return. What fun? It's work. It's necessary. He lifted his briefcase to show him. See, you have one too. You should know. Bell's mouth gaped open. He was in shock at the revelation. You mean, your briefcase isn't for fun? Well, it has all the important documents, annual reports, renewal contracts, and all that kind of stuff. But where do you stall all your fun stuff? Fun stuff? Like a phone? No, 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 no. Stuff about you, what you made, the fun stuff. What I make? But I don't make anything. What are you talking about? What's your idea of fun stuff? What you make in your spare time? Your journal, your diary, the sweater for your mother, the letters for your father, the song you sang yesterday, the movie you made today. The bunny's tiny arms were animated, flying all over the place trying to make the shape for each item on the list. But I don't do those. I don't have time for them. This stopped the bunny in its tiny animal tracks. What? No time? Yeah, no time, the man said, waving his briefcase. Work, remember? They both stood still at the rickety bus stop in the middle of the crossroads, in between meadows, winds, and trees. Is work fun? I can't say it is, but... Then why do it? What's more important than fun right now? Bell the bunny started hopping around the rickety bus stop again. He started singing tunes, performing a monologue out loud as he made laps. Oh, what would fun be if it's not done now? Will it ever be? It's never in the future, and the past is already long gone. Fun is now. Now is fun. Eleven fifty-five a.m. The man stared into nothingness. There's nothing else but meadows and grass and trees. Maybe there's insects lying around, doing insect things, but none of that matters to him. To Belle, it's different. Belle was crouching, fixated on a ladybug in the grass. The ladybug, tiny, red, colorful little thing, was on a blade right next to the road. It wasn't sure if it should cross the road. It was contemplating what was the point of it, but it wanted to know what was on the other side. Maybe the grass is greener. Maybe there's a sanctuary for ladybugs, or maybe it will find nothing, except something else to do, again. These are all the things that Belle was saying out loud, much to the unfortunate demise of the man. 
what if you could find another ladybug and do, you know, ladybug things and start a whole ladybug family? The whole meadow could be filled with colorful red ladybugs by now. Belle viewed the world around them, recognizing all the things for what they were. Man didn't care. Man never paid attention. It's tragic, isn't it? Attention is the foundation of our fun, after all. Yet the man in the brown ragged suit stayed unconvinced. <sighs> As he sighed, he noticed something. He couldn't move his feet. Looking down, he saw dirt piling up. The dirt had a mind of its own, filling up his shoes unnaturally growing around where he stood. He cleaned the dirt off his shoes, taking them off and smacking the sole so they'd come out. It was annoying. It was like the crossroads wanted to keep him there. Noon. The bus had then arrived. It was a double-decker bus, immaculate and modern in its design. On the side, the logo was painted in bright yellow. The present company. Its motto? Always on time, never waiting. The doors opened. Fine day, gentlemen. He looked down and his gaze met the eyes of the bunny. Ah, Belle the Bunny, my favorite customer. Howdy, Mr. Present. Today's a great day, isn't it? Ha, <laughs> yes, yes, I've never felt better. The man was surprised, for he had never seen the bus driver smile, let alone he never knew that the driver's name was Mr. Present. The driver was the owner of the bus. Mr. Present looked behind Bell, or over him, given his small size, not that I'm trying to be rude or anything, <clears throat> and right at the man. Ah, fine day, sir. And to the both of them, he said, Please present your tickets when boarding the bus. The man nodded and reached for his coat pocket. Bell did the same. Wait. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Where is it? The man dropped his briefcase and opened it, looking for a small bus ticket within giant piles of documents and papers. The poor man. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. I, uh, I don't have my ticket. The bunny rapidly tapped all the pockets in his coat, as if tapping will bait the ticket to appear. Silly bunny. Oh, well, don't worry about that. What is your order of business out there in the world, Belle? Fun, 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 Mr. Present. I'm going to have fun now, Mr. Present. And to you, sir? He looked at him. What is your order of business out there in the world? Work. I have deadlines to meet and bosses to greet. This saddened the bus driver. His frown was dropping and he closed his eyes. Oh, that's unfortunate. As order and law rule over your life, we must follow it. I can't let you on the bus. And for you, my good bouncy friend, you can get on. Immediately, two things happened. The bunny jumped for joy and the expression on the man's face changed. His eyes had gone from a widened look to a scrunched up expression. The man's anger was surfacing. Why, why can he get on? He doesn't have a ticket. 
Bus Clause Law Number 42 states that the joys of riding the present bus are that it's free if you're doing something in the moment. If you're doing something now, for the sake of now, you are permitted to board the bus for a good time. He gave a smile that no one can swat away. The bunny hopped into the bus and thanked the bus driver, shaking his hand vigorously. Oh, it's always a pleasure to ride on the present bus. Of course, it's a pleasure for me to keep the wheels rolling too. And my sincerest apologies for not letting you on, good sir. Rules are rules, and followers need to follow them. The doors closed and the bus started again. Black smoke poured out of its tailpipe. Slowly, the bus chugged along and out into the horizon, turning into a little speck. No more bunny ears, bus drivers, and ridiculous conversations. No more fun. (sighs) The man sighed and started waiting again. Maybe the next bus will let me on. He glanced at his watch and at his shoes again. The dirt piled up around his feet. Kicking it all off in frustration, he stood on the other side of the stop to escape the dirt. And yet, the dirt crept towards him. He gave up and let it pile on. It grounded him. Oh well, I guess I'll wait for the next one. As always. I hope there's another one coming. And that is the end of the tale. Until next time, friend, I'll be waiting by the fire. Hello, hello, Norman here, and thank you for listening to this episode. There's a lot of implications or imagery in this one, or uh, deeper meanings, I should say, for each and every event that happened. So from the dirt to the suit to a bunny to a strange bus arriving at, uh, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so yeah, let's uh, go through the inspirations. I know of the concept of a salaryman in Japan uh, who are essentially workers of society or people of society. They go in, clock in 9 to 5, and, you know, they go out and go back home. It's not normal. It's not 9 to 5. It's like 9 to 9, and then drink to like 11, 12, and then sleep for 3 hours, and then stay overtime. Uh, Well, essentially, um, a large percentage of salarymen are robots. They live for work, and it's not exactly fun work. It's necessary work. So you sort of... uh, it's kind of hard to relate to them because they have nothing else except to do the work that they're meant to do or the work that's given to them. So I wanted to make a story that creates that contrast. In comparison, I made a bunny wear a suit, but, you know, it's cleaner, uh, tighter fit to the bunny's body. And it's something that they're, the bunny's most likely more proud of. I base it off of Judy from Zootopia, 
Is that the name of the bunny? I think the main character from Zootopia. Highly energetic, very loud and upbeat and a lighter voice and that kind of thing. So I guess that's how I got the image for that. The salaryman's voice, I tried to implement a bit of Eeyore in there. Okay. Like that kind of thing. But uh, as I started doing it, it sounded a bit too close to... I mean, I didn't want to make it sound like the donkey itself. And it sounded quite close to my narrator voice, so I was like, oh, uh, I, I'm not sure how to differentiate it. So, yeah, based on ER. Um, the crossroads thing, it's more like a large meadow. I based it off of uh, Ghibli Studios, or Ghibli. I'm not sure how you say it uh, in English. Normally, you just say Ghibli in Japanese. So, their art style. They tend to incorporate a lot of green nature, artistry. I had image of meadows in that aspect. The strangeness of a meadow or a crossroads where these strange conversations are happening, I based it off of the popular game World of Warcraft, uh, specifically an area called the Barrens. So the Barrens is a barren wasteland, a map where you just have this one city or one small town where players or adventurers uh, meet up and stock up supplies and you have this uh, chat system happening and people would chat throughout the game but specifically the region of barons is known for having a very let's just say unusual uh, history of chat or topics that they talk about so notoriously known as barons chat or baron chat the people who get involved are let's just say out of the ordinary so that unusual environment uh, prompted this story for me so yeah this story was based off of an MMORPG so you know a role playing game so yeah some of the quotes like fun is now now is fun are based off of uh, the different things that Winnie the Pooh would say so you know having fun in the moment and stuff like that the quote today is the start of the rest of my life Uh, My partner said that to me recently, so I uh, stole it from her, and I put it in there. Dear, if you're listening to this, I'm taking your words. (laughs) Anyways, that's it for this episode. Take care, and I will see you in the next one. Bye. If you'd like to keep up to date on the latest information, do check out temperedfables.com. Alternatively, you can also check out our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Episodes are released every Monday and Friday. This podcast is hosted, created, and narrated by Norman T. Chella. During the day, he's a freelance writer and speaker. And during the night, he makes stories. He also does voice acting for commercials, audiobooks, and other real-world things. For more information, do check out normanchella.com. Sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Hey there, just letting you know that some songs are used under the Creative Commons license and are obtained from Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com. March of the Spoons Moonlight Hall The Forest and the Trees And that's it. 
Check it out at incompetech.com. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs>